In testing out the new mysterious jet-propelled army fighter, which some suspect may be controlled by atomic energy, Speed Robertson fell into an uncontrollable spin. He bailed out just before the ship crashed. Jimmy persuaded Captain Sweeney to make an immediate inspection. Out near the wingtip, underneath the fabric, a lead weight is found attached to the spar. It is the following morning, and Captain Sweeney is discussing the discovery with Mr. Russell, special investigator for the government. Jimmy, sent for by the captain, is on the way. This business has me running around in circles. First, parts of the ship's plans disappear one by one. Then Speed Robertson is seen around the factory at night with only a flimsy excuse to explain his presence. Then young Alan comes along with his wild story about this major motto. Finally, Robertson takes the ship up, gets into a spin, and has to take to his chute. Yes, I know it. You know, the longer you think about it, the more complicated it becomes. There's one thing that's got me stopped. What's that, Russell? Jimmy Allen's only a young kid, 17 years old. He's no engineer, and yet he seems to be the one that figured out this lead business. Isn't that what you told me? Yes, uh, Jimmy came to me and started asking what would cause a ship to spin. That is, an uncontrollable spin. And then he asked if placing a lead weight somewhere in the ship would cause such a spin. I told him it could very easily, which is true. Then he told me about this mechanic, Flash Lewis, catching Major Moto, stealing small lead bars from the school supply room. It seems almost incredible to me, Captain Sweeney, that a kid young Allen's age would be able to hit the nail on the head. Yes, Jimmy's a bright kid, all right, but it does seem rather hard to believe. What are you getting at? Just this. You see these two fingers? Well, Jimmy Allen and Speed Robertson are just like that. That kid worships the ground Robertson walks on. Now, do you begin to get my idea? Yeah, I do. You mean, uh, maybe young Allen is doing what Speed Robertson has instructed him to do. Exactly. Now we're going on the assumption that some foreign nation wants the plans of this jet plane. So they'll have as good a ship as the United States. Right, uh, that's the first premise. Fine. Now let's go on to the second. From the point of view of some foreign nation, it would be splendid to be able to duplicate the plane, but... It would be infinitely better if they alone possessed the ship, wouldn't it? Yes, uh, but that would be impossible. Let me ask you this question. If this ship persisted in going into uncontrollable spins, the government wouldn't accept it. Say, uh, I begin to see what you're driving at. Let's say that Robertson has been hired to steal the plan of the ship. He's doing part of the flight testing on the job. He goes into a spin, holds it in, and then when it looks as though he's made every effort to get the ship out, he takes to his chute. He makes his report, and you, as official representative of the government, turn thumbs down on the ship. That's very sound reasoning. The other nation builds the ship, and we don't. But that doesn't explain about Jimmy. Uh, where does he come in? That's the point I'm getting at. Jimmy does just what Robertson has told him to do. Robertson knows you're not going to refuse to accept the ship unless you have some very good reason. One based on something other than just his word. But, uh, Russell, although your reasoning is sound, its net result would be the very opposite from your deduction. How so? Oh, because if I thought Robertson's failure to recover uh, from the spin was due to that lead weight, I would certainly have another ship constructed and go through the tests again. And that's just what I'm going to do. However, your statement of the case has clarified it in my mind. Another thing which you don't know, Captain Carver spun this ship the day before yesterday, and he had no difficulty in recovering. But here's Jimmy Allen now, and uh, we'll question him further about this major motto and the lead business. Frankly, however, I'm convinced that young Allen is on the level. I guess you're right at that. Come in. Well, good morning, Captain Sweeney. Oh, how do you do, Mr. Russell? You uh, wanted me to come over, Captain? Yes, I did, Jimmy. Close the door and come in. 
Have a chair over there. Uh, thank you, sir. Jimmy, uh, Mr. Russell and I have just been talking about you, and, uh... Tell me, Alan, how did you happen to figure this business out? Well, I, I guess it was more or less a matter of luck. But you see, I was talking to Flash Lewis, the chief mechanic over at the school one day, and he told me about a fellow that killed a pilot one time by putting a heavy weight in the tail. The ship went into a spin and never came out. And that was before the day of parachutes. I see. Well, then, let me ask you this. Do you think Major Moto stole lead from the school supply room, melted it down into a lump, and then put it in the wing of this plane? Well, now, I don't say that Major Moto did it, Mr. Russell. But it could have been somebody working with him, perhaps Mike Jones or Shorty Mason. Now, let's see, Jimmy. This Mike Jones is the one who was suspected of being in with a gang that tried to hold up airliner number 24 and kidnapped you and the Speed Robertson, isn't he? Yes, sir, he is. You know, that gang may have something to do with this. After all, they seem to specialize in aviation, and it's quite possible they have several crooked mechanics and clerks planted in this factory. But we mustn't forget that there's strong circumstantial evidence against Robertson. Well, I'm positive that Speed doesn't have anything to do with this. If I had any money, I'd bank every last cent of it on him. I'm beginning to think you're right, but uh, you must remember this. Mr. Russell, or any of us for that matter, can't afford to overlook a single bet. Yes, I appreciate that, sir. Well, the only thing we can do is watch and wait. What are you going to do today, Alan? Well, I, I'm due down at the school right away for a flying lesson with speed. After that, I have to go to ground classes. Here's what I want you to do, Alan. Keep your eyes and ears open down at that school. See what you can find out. If anything develops that you think is important, communicate with me at once. Yes, sir, I will. In the meantime, uh, I'll be checking over the records of the employees here at the factory. That's an excellent idea. Well, I have several wires to send, Sweeney. Yes, I guess we'd better break up for the time being. Goodbye, Captain. See you later, Alan. Goodbye, Mr. Russell, and goodbye, Captain Sweeney. I guess I'll be getting over to the school now. Young scamp, where have you been? You know you kept me waiting for ten minutes? Oh, I'm sorry, Speed. I was over to the airplane factory. Captain Sweeney wanted to see me. Oh, yeah. He was telling me that you were the one that gave him the idea about that lead weight. How in the world did you ever figure that out? Hey, not so loud. Someone might hear you. Now, what difference does that make, Jimmy? Well, you see, Speed, I'll keep this under your hat. I found out that Major Moto has been stealing lead bars out of the supply room. Jimmy, you'll be the death of me yet. So you think this Major Moto stuck some lead in the wings so as to bump me off, huh? Well, not you in particular, Speed. It would have made any difference who was flying the ship. He was just trying to fix it so the government wouldn't accept the plane. Well, Jimmy, you win the cellophane milk bottle. But come on, we got to get to work. Here, put on your chute and jump into that rear cockpit. Okay, Speed. Put this chute on here. I hope I get it on right. Still not used to these things. <laughs> Better hop into that plane now and get all set, huh? All set, kid? Here I go. Well, I'm ready to go, Speed. Shall I take her off? Yeah, you do all the takeoffs from now on, Jimmy. When you get up about 500 feet, turn west over the river and head for Parkville. You know where that practice landing field is down the river bottom, don't you? Oh, sure. I know where it is. Well, we'll go over there to make some landings. There's too many transport planes coming in and out at this time of the morning here. We'd only be able to shoot a landing once every half hour. Okay. Well, everything's clear. Shall I pour the gun to her? Let her rip, kid.
right, Jimmy. Try another one. That last was a little bit rocky. See if you can't get that tail down this time. All right, Speed. Now bring her nose up a bit, Jimmy. You're gliding too steep. You'll have too much speed to kill after you level out. All right, now hold it. I guess I'm going too fast, Speed. We'll probably overshoot. Do you think I'd better give her the gun and go around again? No, kid. You might as well learn how to kill excess speed now as well as any other time. Here, let me have those controls a second, but keep your hand and feet on them lightly. Okay. Say, what are you swinging the tail back and forth for? You call that fishtailing, Jimmy. It causes the ship to go through the air first to one side and then the other. And that way it slows it down. Oh, I see. And you do it all with your rudder, huh? That's right, kid. Now, you take the ship. Okay. I've got her. That's about right. Now start bringing the nose up. Hold it. Not so fast. You're too far off the ground yet. you got to bring that nose up gradually as you begin to lose the rest of your speed. Now there, that's it. Oh, gee, Steve, that, that wasn't very good, was it? No, it wasn't, Jimmy. It would have been perfect if the ground had been about ten feet higher. Boy, you sure gave that landing gear a workout that time. Well, I'll do better the next time. Shall I give her the gun? Now, Jimmy, wait a minute. I want to explain this landing business to you a little more. Okay. I'm listening. You see, kid, it's most important to kill your excess speed before you begin to level out for your landing. If you don't, your nose will shoot up too fast and the ship will start climbing again. Then you'll have to stick the nose down and do it all over again. Oh, I get the idea. You know, I saw one of the students do that the other day. He bobbed up and down like a grasshopper about six times before he finally got his wheels on the ground. That's the idea. If you kill your extra speed just as you're about two or three feet above the ground, you'll have just enough control to keep the ship level and yet get the tail down. You see, it amounts to this. You're practically in a stall. But just at that moment, your wheels and tail skids settle on the ground, so it doesn't make any difference. However, it makes a big difference if you're 15 or 20 feet off the ground, because then you're liable to slip off on one wing and crack up. I understand, Speed. Well, let me go around and try it again. Okay, Jimmy. Take her off. He'll be right on top of us when he comes out of this next loop, and I'll bet anything he doesn't see us. Okay. Now watch it, Jimmy. He's just going to miss us. Speed, that's Major Moto. So, Jimmy's suspicions are right. Major Moto is not learning to fly. He's already an expert pilot. Don't miss the developments in Jimmy's next flying adventure. <laughs>